Welcome to another episode of Dr. James Beckett Sports Card Insights. Always enjoy doing these, even when it's uh, me, myself, and I, and I'm doing it uh, in my office. Uh, I certainly enjoy the guest episodes as well, but just wanted to comment on, uh, I was just on the Hobby Hotline a while back, and the comp- conversation turned to the National Sports Collectors Convention and lamenting the difficulty moving it around the country and you can't please all the people all the time. You need to be careful what you wish for. The The National Sports Collectors Convention is a very complicated entity with complicated ownership and many different stakeholders that have uh, very different opinions about the size and shape and uh, conduct of the show. And they get along reasonably. There's preserved the status quo. We're doing it the way it was originally uh, intended, I think, from back in the early days when when I, I was there, it's uh, it's it stayed true to its to its identity for the most part, with welcome enhancements. Mike Burkus, I've already done a tribute to him, but really uh, a guiding hand over the years in that. And one of the organizers and operators that that understood the business aspects as well as the hobby aspects. But being careful what you wish for, the simplest form of government, whether it's governing or governance of a company or a country, is a dictatorship. We're not looking for a dictatorship. But if there were less complicated ownership of the national and some entity owned it that could make the call, and say, sponsors, here's the way we're going to do it from now on. Dealers, here's the way we're going to do it from now on. Collectors, here's the way we're going to do it from now on. Uh, again, if they got uh, compliance, if they were persuasive, and uh, all those uh, stakeholders thought this is a step in the right direction, let's go for it. My, You can define the national a lot of different ways, but my, I'm hard-pressed not to denote any show that would have all the card companies and all the and uh, PSA and and BGS and SGC and if if you have the the major graders and the major card companies uh, coming to your show, you in effect have a national, maybe not the national, but you're going to have a very strong show that'll be heavily promoted. If I were the decision maker, which I'm obviously not, but if I were, I would go to the licensors, I'd go to the card companies. And I'd go to them first as the, I'd go to the key corporate sponsors and say, if in the new ownership of the national, if there were such, I would want to consider a, a broader distribution of nationals around the country. And that would necessitate doing more than one a year. Now, I don't know whether I'd do two a year or four a year, but four a year, you'd get economies of scale. You'd have some rotational promote promotion. You'd have a lot of chance to get more locations. I, the keeping it special aspect of just having once a year, the Olympics, the World Cup, those are special. They're every four years. Some things are special that are every year. Other things can be special if they're, I suppose, if they're twice a year or four times a year. There's, there hadn't been really a lot of seminars at the national for many years now, even though in the early days there were, and maybe we can have hope that uh, there'll be some of that in light of the some success of the uh, virtual national efforts that uh, took place a few months ago so if that happens again this would it could be a a real life show but also have some streamed seminars and experiences for those who couldn't be there in person uh, again i really want to keep the national special but whether it was twice a year, which it could have been this year, or four times a year, I still think there are ways to make special. Frankly, I think it's a very special show if you had Major League Baseball and the Players Association and Tops and Panini and Upper Deck and the Football Players Association against some cooperation or involvement of the uh, league's players and licensors and, and licensed companies in the brand. In fact, it could be more than just sports collectibles, but I'd like to keep it just to uh, sports collectibles. Okay, here's the rub. 
before I get to the rub, I better, better thank the sponsors who I would like, if, if this ever happened, they'd have to be on board. Top Spinning and Upper Deck, for sure. If they come to a show, uh, a lot of collectors want to go because it, they just, they really bring a lot to the show. But Heritage Auctions, Huggs and Scott Auctions, both of those are pretty much at every na- national with a big presence. Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Burbank Sports Cards, the representation of dealers is very important. And then ComC. And Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication, again, the, the BGS especially. But ComC has been at most of the last, I'd say the last 10 nationals. So they obviously are, are looking to, to be at the major shows as well. Here's the rub. The problem with moving the national around in its present size is that there aren't that many venues that will handle it. And that sounds like a good problem to have, but we're so big, we're so strong that with only the largest uh, convention centers can handle us, but that just, that means more fees. It's uh, more complication. And, and frankly, it's eliminating the possibility of having the national in certain cities. What would have to give is the footprint of the show. If you had, if you didn't need uh, 400,000 square feet or whatever it is, you uh, could get by with half that, then, then maybe you would open up more possibilities. The problem with that is that who wants to not participate? <laughs> who wants to be you? Could, if even if you doubled the table rates, which I think the table rates, uh, you know, for dealers have not been raised for a long time. If you doubled it and had half the dealers, you'd have the you could have the same revenue, but would the show be as good? You could make the case for the fact that it would actually be substantially worse because the dealers who would drop out at doubling of the price would probably be those who are uh, non-professional. And I, I certainly don't mean that in a non, in a pejorative sense, because basically the non-professional dealers are some of the most fun ones. They're the, the, the mom and pops, the, the individuals who come once a year and uh, bring their stuff and have very unique items. And uh, again, that's part of the fun of it. If all the, if all the uh, booths were corporate with uh, larger entities, I think some of the charm of the national would be lost. On the other hand, if you did raise the price, uh, which I think is warranted to raise the price, anytime you've got a waiting list, you should consider raising the price. So if you raise the price and, uh, but you increase the frequency, then the dealer who would not spend uh, twice as much for the table to go across the country because of that expense might consider going to the national that would be in their neck of the woods where they could drive or have uh, less just a less expensive weekend. So that's interesting. Again, the, how, how I started on this, when this came up in Hobby Hotline, I just realized that it, it's really hard to uh, make changes when you have amorphous kinds of ownership groups or even ambiguous ownership that, that you have this situation where if, if one, if the card company said, we don't like that, we're not going to come. Well, then that's a conversation ender. If all the dealers said, we're not going to, uh, come if you double the price. That's again. That's a uh, again. All this could be done as bluffing. <laughs> you just you know how about if we do this? But if there was a cooperative effort that came together and and the dealers said uh, we want to help build the industry and we realize that uh, some price increase uh, is uh, warranted and uh, in the interest of moving this thing around the country uh, is going to promote the the growth of the industry and we knew that these corporate sponsors, including, and especially the card companies, said we will have a major presence at each of these quote-unquote nationals during the year. And uh, you can count on us, and it'll be part of our of our marketing budget. We're going to work with you, work together to build this. Again, they're all having their category exclusives, so there's less competition than I think is desirable. So if you're going to have less competition, 
let's have more cooperation. So that's my theory on that. Again, I'd love to see uh, more than one national. If the quality level and the uh, and the uh, attendance didn't drop off, which it sure, certainly doesn't look like it is happening, based on what's what I've seen at the last uh, show or two I've been to, it would be warranted. It would be uh, it'd be great, and we could get a show on a show that would be national quality at the on the West Coast every year. I'd like to see one on the East Coast, one on the West Coast, uh, and two in the two in the middle. Whether Toronto would show up in that again, we, you don't want to. The, the other stakeholder that's problematic are that there there are local promoters. They don't have territorial rights in an unregulated industry, but that you certainly would love to have their cooperation. And if it's done, they would get a benefit again by by the increased publicity and the the rising tide raising all boats. I love this hobby. I love the people in it, and getting together once a year is a lot of fun. Getting together twice a year. If it could be twice as much fun, that'd be great. If it's four times a year and that'd be four times as much fun, that's really what I'd like to see. And I'd like to rotate it around. Thanks, everybody. Uh, I hope to see many of you at the National this year. It's, it's in Chicago, which is, as I've said, the, the best location in the country. But I don't just, I'm not ready to say that should be the only location. So again, thanks, everybody. See you tomorrow. Enjoy collecting. The man in the house.